to another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Johnny, and with me is... James, your co-host. My co-host. My partner in crime. <laughs> Dude, this is so much more fun to do with a co-host, let me tell you. And we get much, we get many more, we get a lot more listens too, I noticed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a plus. Um, for today's offering... We decided to do the 1987 movie Ghoulies 2, mm-hmm. which was uh, what I like about James is he, he sends me like five suggestions, so we always can like agree on something to do. I got I gotta look up a few of these, but this one Ghoulies 2, I remember seeing one and two as a kid. I don't remember this being scary so much, it's kind of hilarious. In fact, lots of this reminds me of Attack of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh yeah, it's kind of that. That's kind of the style to it. Definitely, does have that. And I mean, as and as usual, with most of our movies, this is uh, starring no one. <laughs> I mean, Royal Dano and Phil Fondacaro are the only actors that I'm familiar with. Royal Dano was in House Two. Yep. Story. He was in the Outlaw Josie Wales, which I should probably watch again. Oh, okay. So he was, a lot of, what I like about the B-movies is a lot of times you'll get an A-list actor when they're first starting, like yeah. George of the Clooney, or George of the Clooney, George Clooney in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes 2. And also Return to Horror High, he was in that. Oh, that's right, he was. Uh, yeah. Helen Helen Hunt in Trancers. Okay, and, I'll have and, to watch that one. Yeah, Helen Hunt's in the first two Trancer movies. Okay. Who was, who was in Leprechaun? Warwick Davis and Rachel from Friends. What's her name though? Um, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston is in, okay. I think, the first two Leprechaun movies. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one did have, like you said, Royal Daniel, Phil uh, Fonacaro, but no one that I think is somewhat, no one that's kind of a householdish name, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Albert Band. Now that name might sound a little familiar. He's the father of Charles Band, who directed the nineteen seventy eight or nine movie laser blast amongst, <laughs> amongst others. Well, I think, I don't know if he's so much directed as he produced many of them. Uh, honestly, as much as I hate to say it, I think Charles band actually has a good, a good slew of movies. I enjoy watching. Yeah. I mean, this was the time when this was empire pictures. Yeah. Uh, this is before he had, he'd gone on to form full moon. So, well, I mean, but this is his dad, but yeah, yeah. you're right. It is empire pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is actually the last one the dad worked on. Okay. I, th- I think Empire Pictures was on the outs and they were trying to save it and they sold the rights to these. Right, because there was, pr- after that, there were some other movies like Prison, Cellar Dweller, yeah, and, Town, just yeah. to name a few. Right? And, there are, and there are two other Ghoulie movies after mm-hmm. this one. And then there is a book, which, oh wow, really? I <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe there's a book follow-up too. So I was kind of like, huh. Yeah. So this movie tried capitalizing on the weird creatures phase. So we had gremlins, right? We had um, critters. Mm-hmm. We had hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. <laughs> we should do. We we so need to do that one. Oh my god, okay. that movie was so horribly hilarious. Um, there, there were hobgoblins, a leprechaun. There were oh the leprechaun. There was only the one leprechaun. What I'm was after even? Okay. I, and I was going to say Puppet Master, another with another movie that my wife says it's, that's the reason she doesn't like Marionettes is because she saw that movie when she was younger. Oh, 
<laughs> I was trying to get my daughter to watch it. My seven-year-old daughter's afraid of everything. I'm like, when I was your age, I watched all this. I go, you're afraid of anything if it's not on YouTube. That's something wrong there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but it, it tried cashing in on that craze, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Ghoulies 1 and 2 ever got the, the recognition they should have in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much about one but two always stood out to me because like yeah. i said it reminded me of attack of the killer clowns and it's a more uh, memorable movie it's a more fun movie even it it, it really is and it and it's the same like i said with the killer clowns it's the same thing like mm-hmm. for a horror movie there's so many parts of it that just make you laugh like mm-hmm. when the little clown knocks over the biker's bikes and the guy or no not, he doesn't knock him over. He, he's standing there by his bike, and the biker's making fun of him. He goes, what are you going to do, knock my block off? And the clown oh, yeah. punches his hat off. <laughs> like, it's so horribly fake, but it's hilarious and awesome all at the same time. <laughs> and that's how this one was, you know, to me. And those, to me, there's multiple types of horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's movies like Chud that oh, yeah. are a little on the scarier side from the decade. There's movies like Maniac that we just recently did. Um, that are a little more gritty, a little more, you know, whatever. I mean, it was a little earlier than this. But there was a special time, maybe a five-year span, if I'm, if I'm right, where you had movies that were horror-ish but hilarious. Mm-hmm. Gremlins 2. Nothing to do with the first movie. Right, right. Well, no, the, was the lead character, was anybody from the first one? I don't remember. All um, I remember, all I remember is... That, like, Dick Miller might be the only actor. I think I you think. might be right. Okay. But the but I mean it's a, it's supposed to be a horror movie, but they take over a theater and they do a song and dance number. Yep. Dressed in drag. Yep. Mind you. Which <laughs> only in the eighties could you have Gremlins dressed in drag doing a, a Muppet esque yeah. <laughs> song and dance number in a theater yeah. and, and pull it off. Critters they they all <laughs> was a critters I think it's even in the first critters, they all join together and form a giant ball and a giant critter <laughs> that goes rolling down the street. You know, things like that just don't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and I miss that because, um, or, or Highway to Hell or Killer Clown, any of those. They're just, they're just fun. And this, this is that one. I'm going to let you start off with this one. Sure. So in the beginning, we have, we have Ned, Will Dano, and we have his nephew named Larry. So they're they're on this truck. It's, it, it's this Satan's Den truck. It's related to the amusement park amusement park attraction because that's the attraction they work in. That sound so that, that, that that exhaust sound came perfect at the at just oh, right yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the truck they work in. They, the truck they take to get this you know, Satan's Den truck. So it has pretty cool. I like the artwork. Just yeah. That whole aesthetic of Satan's Den. I, I like the artwork, you know, mm-hmm. the exterior of all the interior set of that. And, and a fantastic name for uh, House of Horrors, per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so they're driving, right? They're, um, so when I remember, they, they, they go to a gas station, so they have to get more gas, but there's nobody around when they get gas, right? It's like, what happened here? So then. Larry, you know, Larry goes in to have a look because they try to open the door and they eventually do, right? So then he goes in and there's this priest character with, we, you know, around the same time we see Larry and Ned, we, there's this priest character with this bag and he's being chased by these, from what I remember they were, from what I could tell they were cult members, cultists. Uh, the way I see it, they're 
related to the kind of supernatural aspect of the ghoulies, mm-hmm. right? And the whole say, even the Satan's Den, you could even say. Well, yeah, because that was kind of the difference between this and critters. I think critters are from outer space. Gremlins, they were just kind of like a creature that like genetically can alter itself with certain elements. And these were really tied more to the occult and like mm-hmm. heaven and hell kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I, I agree with that. And so we have the priest. He puts the, the creatures. He has a bag. He's, like I said, he's trying to get away from the cultists. He has a bag of the, with the ghoulies in it. He puts them is in this toxic waste barrel, which I have written down here. <laughs> it's like I don't to me because I've seen this movie probably about a year ago, but you know that scene was kind of coming back to me. It's like what what is he gonna do by putting them in there? Is he attempting to destroy them, kill, get rid of them? Because he obviously wants to get rid of them, right? Because he can get the cultist off his back. So that was another eighty staple too. If you ever, if you remember, was it was it Rock and Roll High School? There was like radiation and like toxic waste, mm-hmm. toxic Avenger, um, uh, Return of the Dead. Was it Return of the Dead where it's in the small town where they find the the military container and they open it and the zombies in it? Oh, Return of the Living Dead. Is that was it Return of the Living Dead or Day of the Dead? It might have been Day of the Dead. It's one of my favorite of the Dead movies because it's the first time where they're kind of coherent and talk and it's the first time they talk about brains because it's after oh, yeah. it's after okay. Romero and the other guy split. Oh yeah. But like all these movies, because in the eighties, that was the big thing. It was either nuclear mm-hmm. war or toxic waste. Yeah. That's yeah. what everyone's afraid of. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, now that I look, now that I think about it like that, it's like it does fit in with that. And so, as I said, Larry goes in the garage, the creatures emerge from the, the creatures come out of the barrel and then they come out, they head towards the truck and they get in the back. It's like, okay, I, I guess, you know, they, they saw the opportunity because, I mean, yeah, they're small, but they know how to get around, right? Even if they, right. even though they've only been in one movie, I mean, they, they know how to, they know how to get around. They, they fit in the, in the small spaces. I, I will say that, again, for practical effects, for a movie that probably had very, very minute budget, Mm-hmm. It was all right, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for what it was, it was all right, you know. But where you could look at like the critters and go, "Oh, they're kind of cute," until they show their teeth and eat you, or gremlins when they're like the mogwais, you're like, "Oh, yeah, oh, these yeah. are these kind of, these are never cute." They kind of play on that in once we get into Satan's Den and people see the the ghoulies, right? But yeah, I mean, they were because you think, "Oh, they're they're cute. They're part of the attraction." Well, maybe maybe not. You know, then you know we find out what happens. But I digress. Um, so then we meet Nigel Pennyworth. He works at the uh, at the amusement park. He he says he's a denizen of Satan's Den, and he's basically taking care of the park during the day so that we can get it ready for nighttime. And then we we also meet Philip Harden, and he talks to Nigel. He says that he is concerned about the attractions that they don't draw a profit. Yeah, because it's a struggling carnival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if that was necessarily, like, at the time, if that was, like, if they were trying to evoke, like, economic concerns with that character. They just want, wanted a character who was kind of, like, a jerk, uh, kind of a villain. I mean, I guess you could kind of see it as both. Yeah, I also want to say that by the 80s, 
traveling carnivals were starting had gotten a bad rap, right? Like through oh, yeah. the '80s and '90s, like they were known for like shoddy, like shoddy equipment that killed people or hurt people. And so now it's different. Now they're like back, you know, they have standards. So I think maybe it was playing on that whole, you know, thing too a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all right, we 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 do meet Philip, and his deal is he we kind of see where, what his position is when we meet him. And then a little later on, there was this one character, I think her name was Patty. And so she is lured by one of the creatures into St. Zen because she thinks that it's her cat. So the. Yeah. Cause there's a cat. There's a, there, that's another thing. There's a cat like one. And I thought, wasn't there one that was similar to a bat that could fly also? Yeah. Yeah. Which was also something kind of unique to this franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she gets lured in because she hears the meow and she thinks it's her cat, right? And so apparently the, the ghoulies can mimic sounds to a degree, right? And then she is killed by them. Uh, the, the, they're in this, uh, the, the death scenes, are, I mean, maybe they're not the most uh, effective, but, you know, they, they do have some thought but behind them, I, I feel like. Um, death scenes and, in this, this the, the death scenes in this movie were more, I, don't, I guess, gruesome than say like, um, not Maniac, but um, what was the first one we did, The Borrower? Like mm-hmm. where they didn't, they didn't really show mm-hmm. the full death scene, like when he would take the heads off. This one is definitely more, um, more graphic than that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think it's too over the top. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not Evil Dead with just blood squirting out of a hose everywhere. Mm-hmm. So as I was saying, they 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 bite her, they cut her hand with a razor, things like that happen to her, right? Mm-hmm. So and then we have Ned. So he sees the ghoulies. He refers to them as imps because he does believe in the supernatural. That's what he thinks they are, mm-hmm. and he's convinced that his magic worked. To bring them that's right life i like that about i like that about his character that he has that interest in magic which comes up again later yeah yeah so then you know we there there we do see like you know your typical carnival freak show we have dancers mm-hmm. i like that too because they don't just i mean yeah satan's den is the version that we spend the most time and we, we see other things going on and I like that because, as I said, you, you'd probably watch this again. You'd probably, multi, probably mo- watch this multiple times and perhaps catch on to different things with everything that's going on in the amusement park. Yeah, and, and really, it's nice that it's not in a neighborhood. So many horror movies were in small towns or in neighborhoods. It was nice to see something different. Like, even Attack of the Killer Clowns was in a neighborhood for the most part, except for mm-hmm. the big the tent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of them, you know, were always in the town and everything. This it focused on the tra- it fo- the trailer park. It focused on the the amusement park part of it, which was co- was kind of a was kind of refreshing at the time too. Mm-hmm. It was it was it wasn't a summer camp, and it wasn't a neighborhood, so it was it was right. definitely different. Yeah, yeah. So then we we get back into Satan's Den, and you know, because the amusement park is open, people are coming in and checking out the attractions. And we get to this point where these two boys, and they're not impressed with 
Satan's Den, right? With the, the fake looking props and the legit, the legit uh, Satan's Den. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because it reminds me when I went, when I would go to, uh, I want to say Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in particular is about uh, 45 minutes away from here. And they had a horror themed ride and, and a lot of the animatronics and all everything that pop out you pop out that you look fake so it kind of brings that to mind yeah it was all jump scares it was all just trying to have something it wasn't yeah, even, yeah jump scares is i think the proper term for it mm-hmm. and then so the two boys they do see the ghoulies they're not exactly uh they don't actually know they don't know that they're not part of the attraction they just think oh they just think they are that's what i mean to say okay so they're they're they don't know the difference right these guys are these guys part of attraction they are not and i like how they play on that with certain characters and in this case i think his name is leo i don't remember the other kid's name it might be ray or something but anyway uh there's the rat ghoulie throws up on leo which was mm-hmm. funny Right, he's like, "Oh, that's cool," <laughs> and then that's kind of how they, the two, the two boys, they ended up drawing a crowd. They tell the crowd about what they saw, right, and the that they got thrown up on, and, and that causes more people to buy tickets. So then that the Saint Zen is is pretty popular throughout the night because of that. What I think is right. great with the, with the Ghoulies is that they're puzzled, seemingly when people are like applauding for them and like mm-hmm. calling them rats, I guess, but then they're kind of like, eh, let's go with it. And they just start killing people in mayhem mm-hmm. because the people, cause I know they're in there's they they're legitimately killing somebody in Satan's den at one point and people don't realize it. They think it's part of the act. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great commentary on today's society because of the short attention spans. Mm, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's like, oh, yeah, they're trying to make a statement. I, I, I can I can see that now because short sentence fan, well, you know, to what extent are, do, do our attract, do, is our entertainment, uh, where does that bridge, line, bridge a gap between reality and fiction? And they're kind of playing them with that here. Which is really I funny because it's 30 years prior to now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, in retrospect, it was a much more clever movie than I think it um, got credit for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Satan's Den becomes hugely popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ned he catches on the fact that the creatures are real, right? right? Because of what they're doing and the way they're acting, and. The fact that he's knowledgeable, uh, uh, Matt, the occult, he doesn't have knowledge of the occult, so that he is able to tap into the fact that they're real, right? And like I said, I, I like that about him because he isn't just an old guy who works. There. He's not just an old alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do, there were some good death scenes in this. The pendulum. Oh, yeah. Was was yeah. very good. It's something I still remember to this day, where they kill the teen. The I think it's a teenage kid they kill with the uh, mm-hmm. with the pendulum swinging ever closer and ever more, ever lower. Now I don't remember if that's the one 
that the crowd sees and thinks is part of the show? I believe so. I think that's one, yeah. I don't know if I wrote that one down. That's one of the, that's an like that's a very iconic death from a eighties movie. No, oh, yeah, I, I think so too, because well plus he's being stretched on the stretch. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a few there's a few murders slash deaths in eighties movies that stand out. Uh, I think it was Sleeping Away Camp Two where she ties the kids to the chain link fence and barbecues them over a fire. That was pretty memorable is something unique and then there was um the hitcher when she gets ripped in half by the truck yeah. mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. that yeah. was i mean they didn't even show it but you heard that scream and the motor rev and ugh. and then uh and this one oddly enough too but there were a few others too but you know i like well even the fact that they make use of the pendulum i mean yeah because before they just have a dummy up up on, on there yeah it's swing, but it's like you know, it's not, have a, a character. You know, the ghoulies just take advantage of him, and then they get him up on the on the on the stretcher, right? And I mean, yeah, it does bring to mind the the pendulum in a way. Um, it's very, it's very Edgar Allan Poe-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I agree, that that is a scene that does stand out, and so. Trying then we have Ned. He's trying to figure out. He wants to get rid of the ghoulies, and mm-hmm. even that I like because, yeah, they're small, but they're not easy to get rid of. No, right, and that's what I like about him. His character is that he does what he can to figure out. And yeah, he does get electrocuted, which is hilarious but, as he's getting electrocuted, he stands up. It's like that yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny too. In the execution in the, scene. Yeah, which was which actually wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a horrible scene either. It, it's funny though because they um there weren't a whole lot of movies that the creatures represent were similar to different animals, right? There was a bat, a cat, a fish, mm-hmm. and then just the regular ones, mm-hmm. which was really uh, which was really cool. But you were talking about Ned's um, occult stuff and trying to find a way to get rid of them. It this is becomes another great part is he finds out there's a ghoulie eater of like I don't know what it's called. Oh yeah, but he, but he summons this ghoulie eater, which it's like I have a snake problem. What do I do? Get a mongoose. <laughs> I have a mongoose problem. What do I do? What eats a mongoose? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that is man. What did I say about that? My review. I said. uh the, talking about the ghoulies, the means of ending their havoc makes for quite a finale as it involves a pentagram and a larger-than-life creature, both of which are enough to give a Godzilla cult a run for its money if there ever was one. So I was playing on the cult aspect of this movie, but I was just I was just thinking of Godzilla when I wrote my review, too, because like, oh. I mean, it's like their version of Godzilla, but it's... Some of my, some of my favorite movies, especially the old campy ones. But yeah, you're right. That's a good comparison. I didn't even think about that at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we the executive guy that runs the place gets killed by a ghoulie who is in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that what I, I remember. That's uh, another memorable death because yeah. well, uh, the assumption is he, he bites his junk off. 
But I mean, it could have been whatever. But still, I mean, that's kind of the assumption. And he, the guy dies. Mm-hmm. I can't think of what that guy's name was though. Philip is what I think I... He was. I think it was Philip. Yeah. Okay. Another 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 memorable death that stands out only from this franchise. Mm-hmm. I I think so. Well, even the poster, like, because I think the posters were the first two movies. They're coming out of the toilet. Movies with the, with the toilet mm-hmm. around them, and I don't know. To me, it's like, well, it's a version of toilet humor in a way, but it also just fits because of the fact that it, these are, you know, it is a campy movie. You know, but it's it's really like the old it's it's really like the older brother that farts and like picks on people. Yeah, of yeah. a movie compared to like Gremlins. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's like Gremlins is like, oh, here's a horror movie. Ghoulies is like, hey, pull my finger. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The only, I mean, I remember we can go off on a tangent about this, but I remember Jack Nance, the actor in in he was in Ghoulies. Um, he's one of the few. Oh no, we're okay. I just clicked on a link that I didn't mean to click on, but it's fine. So, um, <laughs> as we now get infected with malware, email that I'm gonna close. So the point is that Jack Nance, right? I remember he's one of the few actors I remember for the first Ghoulies. Um, I could probably look up that just for the heck of it. Ghoulies movie. Let's see. Uh, they are ugly little sons of bitches too. <laughs> like, I don't know if that was by design or because they didn't have enough budget, and they're like, "Well, just stick shit everywhere." Yeah, this was John Carroll. I, I think is I think I'm, I have his name correctly. I want to look it up though. John Carl Butcher. Butcher. He passed away recently, but yeah, John Carl Butcher. I think I'm saying his name right. He was a coolies designer and supervisor. So he was responsible for, you know, their look and all that. But, yeah, they do look, as you mentioned, they are ugly. <laughs> I mean, whatever he did, he did right, whether it was in, yeah, yeah. in, in uh, intentional or not. He did fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I there was this gag gift that I used to see in catalogs that was, like, this little creature – and it had a toilet. I guess it would like pop out of the toilet or something. I don't know. If I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. There were some just great one-liners in this, like when Larry tells him "Bon Appetit, motherfucker." Oh yeah. Uncle Ned tells him, "I'm a magician. You sons of bitches. You can't kill me." <laughs> yeah, and I didn't write down any of the dialogue. Um, uh... <laughs> or Ray and Patty when they're talking, and he goes, uh, "I need you to work the late shift tonight." And her response is, I can't. I got a date with an old flame. And he goes, you have more old flames than hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the, the dialogue it has, has a bit of wit to it. And, uh, and I feel like I'm, I feel like if I, if I watch this, because I've seen this movie twice. You'll so, smile the whole way through it. Yeah, yeah. Because just thinking about it and doing the show right now, I'm smiling thinking of some of the parts like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and even Larry, when uh, he's in, he's uncertain. He's upset about Satan's den. Yeah, he's upset about Satan's den. Satan den. Satan. Satan's den. Future. Satan den. Whatever. He's upset about <laughs> the future of it. IMDb says Satan dens, but I should be Satan's den, and that's why it's tripping me up. But anyway, he says, "What are you going to do when Harden fires us?" 
And then he says, are you looking for second-rate hobgoblins? Oh, you remember the dwarves did it or something? <laughs> uh, oh, God. We, we're going to have to do hobgoblins. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of these that I just pop, that just popped in my there's 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 movies I already did that I want to redo because I have you as a host now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know the BBC they had a or not BBC but for for the UK release they had a cut like 55 seconds of the movie. Oh wow! I think they had I a cut, I think they had to edit the stabbing scene. They had to edit the woman being crushed scene where her ankle was getting uh, chewed. They had to cut us. They had to cut the. They had to like heavily edit the pendulum scene. It's so wow. like two or three of the iconic scenes from the movie. The Brits are like, no, no, no. That's too gruesome for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even, because my version is a, is a German, well, it's from NSM Records. They're, I think they're a German or Austrian company. So my Blu-ray you know, media book set is, it has, the, it has the cut, the PG-13 version, but then it also has the R-rated cut. So... As I mentioned, the electrocution scene is is extended, and I think two or three of the deaths go on a little bit a little bit gorier than you know, the the regular cut. It's not even a long movie; it's like maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, it only adds like, about like minutes. maybe. And I want to say it was like part filmed in Italy, so half the extras only speak only spoke Italian, and I don't know if they I I, I don't think they let them talk at all during the movie. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um. Yeah, there's so many things about. It. But anyway, so back. Let's let's use a couple of side, uh, a couple of switch tracks here to get back to the main line. So right. they they summon the go- they summon the ghoulie eater, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. <laughs> like in a really campy, horrible way, it was awesome. Yeah, and I that creature. It, it looks like a mini T Rex. Well, yeah. Well, like you said, it looks like a mini Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, that's what I had when I wrote my review. It's like, oh yeah, Godzilla, right? Um, that to me is that hey, those giant ass claw hands. <laughs> <laughs> the fingers are like a foot long on each one. Uh, but I don't know. To me, I think I feel like that creature, just in terms of your um, your horror creatures, especially of this time period, one that. I'll look back on fondly, you know, and, and, and I still do since I first watched it since I've, and since I was exposed to this movie years ago, I'm going to say I had seen part of this. I think it was mid two thousands when monsters HD was around during the uh, dish network. That was one of their channels that they had, but it's yeah. so, it's so weird to hear you say that, but I know exactly what you mean about looking exactly. back fondly on that monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this monster here is. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of him, and I, I, you know, I mean, yeah, he does look like a ghoulie, but I, I don't. I, I'm assuming it wasn't somebody in a suit. I think it was a stop motion, from what I could tell when I when I watched it. You know, I'm not sure. And there's and every time I tried looking it up, there's not much info out there about this one. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, because the first one is what because. I think the first one came out what eighty five. Eighty four, eighty five, yeah, eighty five. First one, the first one, they get drunk in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, this one, uh, yeah, that monster was great. But then they get so, it, but it goes back to my snake and mongoose thing because now, the, okay, they're like, okay, great, this thing's killing the ghoulies. How do we kill this thing? No, yeah, because mm-hmm. he he does kind of 
He runs into the building that Larry and I forget the girl's name. It's not Patty anymore. No. Uh, <laughs> we know that for a fact. The other girl was... Nicole? Yes, it was Nicole. Nicole. So they they try to escape, right? And we, and it was Nicole or Alice. I think it was Nicole. Yeah, Nigel was with them. And I don't know. I, I, he, he's pretty destructive. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of screen time. But they made the best use of, you know, that finale uh, for being so, you know, quick. They do a lot with the creature, and that's what I liked about him. He's not just eating ghoulies and like, oh, I'm done. He, <laughs> he does try to get back at, as I was saying, Larry, Nigel, and Ned because, mm-hmm. or Larry, Nigel, and Nicole. Because at some point during the end, Ned dies. Yeah, I mean, they they find the body. What's funny about that scene is if you if you pay attention, you could see him still breathing. (laughs) I'd have to I'd have to rewatch that scene, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's still breathing in that. You see, you see the chest rise. (laughs) I don't know if they they didn't tell him that they were they were recording or. What was funny, too, was this one was actually in the theater. Oh, yeah. Because I think the sequels were straight to video. or Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't around when this was in theaters, but you know, I, I did eventually get exposed to it and get... I think at the time when I had seen this on Monsters HD, I, I had familiarity, you know, some familiarity with Full Moon because of Puppet Master and, and Laser Blast, right? Those movies. Mm-hmm. Got into Empire Pictures, you know, more so in, in the past couple of years than mid-2000s, but, you know, I thought, you know, I, I just want, I put this movie on back when it was uh, Monsters HD because I was just looking for something to watch and I would just put that channel on back then and even if it was a movie I'd already seen, I, I just wanted to say, oh, I need something, you know, to put on and nothing else. And so I'd seen a lot of horror, like, you know, Hellraiser and uh, uh, some of the, some of the Friday one. the 13th movies. I had seen some of those because yeah. of that channel. So, yeah. What's funny with this one, too, is um, if I remember reading correctly, the reason they killed Philip on the toilet was because there were people criticizing the first one saying, what the hell, you showed the toilet and no one got killed on it. Oh, yeah. So they're like, well, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I think Charles Band produced it. His dad directed it. Okay. Yeah, that, that seems to be the case. Um, and I think there was a separate, I think there was a different ending, too, that they decided to change to the one they had. Because so I guess let's finish it out. Mm-hmm. So they need to kill the ghoulie killer, and don't they use that guy's costume as bait, and they put like a Molotov cocktail or something in it? I do recall the cocktail. So and, I, that sounds basically correct. they basically they blow up the mm-hmm. ghoulie killer. Mm-hmm. But it was it this it is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, and kind of a, a comfort movie at this point I would say but uh, you know, when I would I definitely would go back I'll have to rewatch Ghoulies at some point I mean 
Yeah, I mean, not as memorable as this, but yeah, I remember it being okay. You know, the I remember movie. less about that one than this one. Yeah, the only the only actor I really remember is Jack Nance, but that's only because I've seen him in some other movies. And... I don't even remember much about the plot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't remember much about it either. <laughs> but this one just, yeah, this one just stood out, and it, if you guys haven't seen it. We definitely recommend it. it it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just it's just fun. Yeah, I mean, if you're especially during this time, if you, if you you've got nothing but time on your hands and you've burned through everything else on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. can find it somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is a like, as I said, there is a, a uncut version if you do have a an ability with, to play a region free blu-ray then by all means see what uh nsm records is, is the company see if that version is still available if not there is uh there are streaming services and i think even screen factory put out an edition yeah they, there was a blu-ray there was a, a ghoulies one and two blu-ray put out that you can get by shout factory okay i think it is mm-hmm. i believe and um i saw that it's like it's called like the double feature or something Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember the music was your typical '80s metal. Yeah, I think it was Wasp that used. They had clips of the movie in their video, which was yeah, funny because the video, the the music video was out like a year before the movie got released. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was it was it was like free advertising for the movie. Yeah, and I like the fact. I mean, I don't feel. I feel like I don't feel like every horror or horror comedy movie should have metal in it. It's just but, it, it kind of fits. Yeah, I mean, for this movie, it definitely does. And even, I don't to me, I was reminded of, because in Terrorvision, another Empire Pictures film, they have a character who's in the metal, right? The the, the, the teenage boy. Uh, so it kind of reminded me of that in a way. I mean, back in the oh. 80s, most of the movies, the soundtracks were either, were either like horror movies like this, were either metal or punk. Right? Yeah, like yeah. like um, Return of the Living Dead. That's the one I was thinking of with the two, with the the two cat the two guys the mm-hmm. teenagers or whatever. That one I think is punk heavy with a little bit of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, Repo Man or Repo Men was like all punk and rockabilly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them were it was it was or then like this one's mostly metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because at the time, really, you couldn't put pop in a horror movie. And rap, rap hadn't really gotten to like where it was like, I don't want to say hardcore, but it wasn't like Wu Tang or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more. It, it wouldn't. It, it, it tonally, it wouldn't have fit at the time. So, can you imagine if you changed all the music to just like country? Mm-hmm. The entire movie be different. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one realizes how much music and soundtrack influences a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like isn't it? Is it Star Wars? They take uh, the clip of Vader walking off the shuttle, and they put um, Spandu Ballet to it, and it like it it instead of it looking like uh, the guy's worried about getting choked out and killed, it looks like he's like waiting for his boyfriend to show up. <laughs> it's totally different, and all they did was change the music. It's fantastic, but yeah, no, um, no, you're right. Scream Factory Blu-ray release is what it was. I just saw it. I just looked it up. There's probably multiple releases of this out there, so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I forget how much I paid for that media book, the, the German media book, but uh, 
it's a little pricey, but I only buy those like once in a while. So. James had to go to a shady, a shady dealer to trade his cash for bearer bonds. I think it was eBay. Meet some, you meet some German guy in the in the back of a in, in some back alley. You got the bearer bonds. You got the you got the DVD. <laughs> Exchanges that in in between is equidistant between two cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh man, good times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. We could we could just go on goofing around and talking, but I mean I guess we should. I mean we've talked about the movie and we recommend it. it it's a fun ride. Yeah, agreed. And um, I don't know what we're gonna do next, but it'll be good. It'll be memorable. Yeah. It'll be. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you to all of you later. Yeah, talk to you guys later. And thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening. Uh, if you like us, share us. You can always check the website www ptky creative it's short for patoki creative which is my name and uh there's blogs there's podcasts this one's the currently active podcast we'll catch you later